Welcome to the next episode of Morgan You Asked For podcast. This week, we're going to talk NFL. The NFL starts next Thursday night, I believe. And we're going to welcome in our resident NFL expert, uh, Trevor Voss. I know in the spring, we talked a little bit uh, about, you know, free agency and the draft and everything. Um, just kind of get your preseason thoughts and kind of your overview, how the NFL is dealing with COVID and everything else like that, but just have a, a nice uh, NFL talk tonight. Yeah, Morgan's good to talk again. I don't think we've talked since probably April, at least on this uh, podcast, I should say. Um, there's been a lot of free agent activity that's gone on. Uh, there's been some players that have got injured. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, team uh, team win totals over, over-unders, uh, maybe some MVP odds and Super Bowl picks, things like that. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know what you want to get started with first, but there's been some like, kind of go over, news. Yeah, overall news, uh, you know, kind of throughout the summer news, and then obviously leading up, you know, Leonard Leonard Fournette signed today with Tampa, correct, or yesterday? Yeah, it was either yesterday or today. Now I can't remember because I've I written down a few things, but uh, that's a pretty big signing for them. Uh, he was on a pretty bad team in Jacksonville and still had, I think, over a 1,000 yards rushing and 76 receptions or something like that, I believe. So Tom Brady likes throwing to the running backs. Um, you know, worst case scenario, he's just depth. And most NFL seasons come down to, obviously, you need the quarterback and the coach to be good or not not great. And then it comes down to, do you avoid the injury bug and do you have depth? So now the Buccaneers have four, four running backs. Uh, they have three legit tight ends, two really good receivers. So... Worst case scenario, he provides depth for him, and uh, you know maybe a change of scenery will be good for him. Yeah, and then I mean I I know they've talked about it with college football, but depth is important because one week, you know if a kid if a guy gets COVID or something, he's gonna have to sit a week or two. Yeah, and uh, you know think about like if in the NFL room, the offensive line room, for example, if a guy gets COVID in there, and then you know the next week they're out three starters even four starters that have COVID, um, are they going to have enough backups, first of all? Second of all, are you going to trust those backups? And, and third, if you have a franchise quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, do you want to throw them out there with a bunch of backup offense linemen protecting them? Uh, so it's, it's going to make for a tricky season. It, it's, NFL always comes down to about having depth uh, and even more this season because there, there's definitely going to be players that get COVID, uh, they're going to have to sit out, you know, whether it's one or two weeks. And then I'm sure there's going to be players that sit out for, you know, protesting or uh, things like that. So uh, depth is more important now this season than probably any season that I can remember. Right. And I, I completely agree. I just think in every sport, depth is important right now just because you never know people just opting out or, you know, regular, regular injuries are going to happen and maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, you know, there's college football tonight. There was some college football last week. You think, uh, and then NFL starting next week. You think the regular injuries will happen more with the uniqueness of the off season and not having their normal training, and maybe it won't affect the NFL as much because they do a lot more training on their own. They don't have this regimented. You know, you're a pro. You're expect just expected to do it. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's been a string of injuries in the NFL already. I think some people are overreacting, overreacting a little bit to it. Every uh, 
you know, training camp, there's always a bunch of injuries, big names go down. Uh, so to me, I, it, it seems somewhat normal so far. Uh, there's been guys tell, tearing their ACLs and rupturing their Achilles, but for the NFL, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's any more than it has been in past years, but like you said, these guys stay in pretty good shape year round. They know what, uh, they know what they have to do. Uh, as far as college, I really haven't paid attention. So I, I really can't speak on that. If there's been more injuries or the normal or anything like that, but I think the NFL guys, they know what they, they need to do to get their bodies in shape and, no matter what, there's always going to be guys that have a freak injury, and that's just the way it's going to be. Well, and there was never a time where the NFL wasn't going to play. There was never a question. I mean, they haven't wavered one bit. So they knew no. they were all going to play. And so, I think when we talked back in April during the draft, or before the draft uh, and after, I think we talked about the, the NFL was going to be the one sport that was going to try to push their season more than any other. First of all, because they had time. Uh, to get ready for it, and second of all, because they had the power, the the TV viewership, uh, and all that. But now that looking back, I mean, basketball's done a good job with their bubble. Right. I think the basketball games will get on TV. They got the uh, the cyber fans in there. Right. <laughs> Interesting they, to watch, but yeah, uh, the arenas look pretty good. I think um, a lot of players have talked about how they like the the background uh, behind the hoop instead of a big open arena or a big arena with, you know, thousands of fans, it's more enclosed and it seems some players are finding it easier to shoot the ball. Um, MLB's done pretty good. I know the Cardinals and some other teams have had an outbreak of COVID tests, but I think they're going to get their season finished. Uh, you know, worst case scenario, if they have to stop it early, they probably go by win percentage for the playoffs and then get their playoffs started. But yeah, I, I think the NFL is going to go with this and if some players have to sit out with COVID or, you know, protesting or anything like that, you know, they'll just bring in other players and they'll keep moving along. Right. Uh, one thing I did see today that, or maybe it was yesterday, all days are running together right now, but the NFL is just allowing each team to decide whether they're fans or not. Um, so, you know, obviously like Jerry Jones in Texas, he's going to try to have a whole, as many as he can, but I know then like in New York, they're not going to be able to have any. And right. He's, I understand the NFL's position on that. It's a state-by-state -state thing. It's hard to regulate what happens in Dallas, Texas, compared to New York City. But, you know, does that come up as a little bit unfair? Not because of the home field advantage or so, but just revenue of the owners. You know, surprised they went with that just because of that. You know, if Dallas is able to have fans, but San Francisco's not, obviously Jerry Jones is going to make more money than – you know, mm -hmm. the York family or whoever owns the, the 49ers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that how that goes. I'm I'm sure week one there'll be a handful of teams that allow fans in, whether it's you know ten thousand or twenty thousand, whatever somewhere between that number is what I've been seeing. Um, and if that lasts the whole season or not. Is that just a week one thing and then there's a there's problems and they just say no, we're not gonna allow any fans the rest of the season. Let's just focus on keeping the season going, getting the TV ratings, and having an actual season. Or do we want to let team by team kind of make their own decisions and push the limit? Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what each team does. And I think the Chiefs are going to have fans, last I heard. What about Denver there? I I should know that. I haven't, I haven't heard. 
Um, I thought I saw something about the other day, but I, I'll have to check on that. I don't think they'll be allowing fans in, but I could be wrong. And, and a big move for you, you do not live in the Denver area anymore, correct? No, I moved down to Colorado Springs uh, a few weeks ago, about an hour from Denver. So, um, yeah, I like it down there. But, yeah, if I need to get up to a Broncos game, uh, not this year, obviously, but maybe next year or the year after, I play about an hour drive. So, not too far away. No. Nice to get out of the city. A little bit, yeah. It's a little bit cheaper down in the Springs and, in my opinion, a little bit prettier. So, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, move on to more NFL talk here. Um, you want to do just some uh, over/under on uh, local interest teams? Well, let me let me pull up the over/unders real quick. Um, I had some teams I liked and didn't like. Let's see here. I got it. Let's load. So we can start with the NFC North. Uh, the Green Bay Packers over/under is nine. I would say I probably like that to go over. I see them about ten and six, but I think that number is pretty close. I thought their record, I, I thought they were a little worse than their record last year, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's but I heard a guy talking today that you know they overachieved last year a little bit. Uh, you know, a couple games fell their way that you know mm -hmm. this guy had picked picks the Vi picked the Vikings to win the division this year, um, but he, right. he goes he just doesn't see them sweeping. Don't see them sweeping the Vikings like they did last year, and that helped them get to that thirteen and three record, I believe they had. Yeah. So yeah, the, the Packers, you know, nine's a good number, definitely is. Um, if if I had to throw a bet on it, I'd probably bet the over, just because you have Aaron Rodgers. Um, it seems like there's a lot of talk that maybe he's not getting along with the coaching staff or the front office, but they still won thirteen games. So I would still bet on them winning ten. I mean, it, it comes down to having an elite quarterback in this league. Yeah. So I, I would take I would take the over even in, you know like I said I probably have them about ten and six um, if I had to throw a bit on I'd go over on that one uh, right. Minnesota's at nine as well that's a tough one Kirk Cousins is nowhere near the quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is uh, he's the, he's a drago of the NFL though if if he dies he dies right yeah I saw that that there was a lot more to that interview but there was um, but that, that that's out. the quote yep yeah. If he dies, if I die, I die. Um, but they're a, they're a solid team, a solid roster. The Vikings, I, I probably wouldn't touch it at nine. I'd be scared either way just because I think the Bears have a pretty good roster. And if Nick Foles can hit, you know, I, I, I think the Bears are a pretty underrated team coming in this season. And the Lions, why I always make fun of the Lions, you know, Matt Stafford is definitely an underrated quarterback. It's, it has more to do with the organization uh, is why I don't like the Lions. And they're over under six and a half. That one I would probably tend to go over on. I think if Stafford stays healthy, he's he's good enough to get, to, get him to seven wins. Yeah, and you got to think that, uh, you know, their coach there has to get more than six and a half wins or he's going to be gone this year, wouldn't you think? Yeah, the, it, he's definitely on the hot seat. Um you know, if they go seven and nine, I think he's probably still fired. He he probably has to get to about a nine and seven record to keep his job. And then, of course, the Bears, their over-under is eight. Uh, that, that's when I'd just stay away from because I can't decide. Their defense is good. They have a pretty good roster overall. It I think Trubisky is going to be their starter, too, to start, is everything I've heard. Yeah, and I, part of the reason I think that they'll do that 
is because if they start Foles and he's bad right away, the first couple of weeks and they have to put Trubisky back in. But if they start Trubisky and if he's bad right away, they can play Foles the rest of the season without question, I think. And yeah, I mean, Trubisky's on his last legs here, at least with the Bears. Um, if, if he doesn't have a big season, then he'll probably get released or he'll be on the bench moving forward. I agree. So no pick on the Bears either then? Yeah, that's one I'd stay away from. I, I just can't decide. All right. Just kind of making notes here for you. So we can look back on this and see how bad you or good you were. Right. Right. <laughs> At least I don't have any money on it yet. Right. All right. Where do you want to go now? Um, so I, I didn't want to go division by division. I just – I had uh, several written down that I either I liked or I didn't like yeah. on the over-unders. Uh, the Chiefs are 11 – the site that I looked at, at least. The Chiefs are 11 and a half. I like the over there. I think with this weird offseason that we've had, um, having an elite quarterback with an elite coach where they've been together for more than, you know, a couple of years, that's going to that's gonna really be important this year. So I would take the Chiefs over on 11 and a half. I think 12 and four is a good number for them. Right. And I think I heard today that same guy, you know, kind of had the NFL talk today on, on the radio that I was listening to. 19 of 22 starters are back, and two of the guys that aren't coming back actually opted out. So, really, 21 of the 22 starters are back with the organization. And, obviously, they've been building up the last few years, so they know how to win. Yeah, and I, I believe one of the starters that opted out was an offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, now I can't think of his name. But, yeah, they're basically bringing almost all the starters back. And I think that will be important this season because it's just – it's obviously been a weird offseason – and these teams that have the continuity, uh, that's who I would bet on. Uh, the Ravens as well, 11 and a half. I like their over. I believe they have the easiest schedule, or at least the easiest road schedule this year. So I would take the the Ravens over 11 and a half. A uh, okay. couple others, the Bucks nine and a half. I'm obviously high on the Buccaneers, because we talked last time. So I would, I see them about 10 and six, maybe 11 and five. I think they probably start out a little slow the first few weeks. Yeah. It'll take uh, Tom Brady and those guys some live game action to get their timing down. Yeah, you it's going to be weird. Um, no preseason game. So the first time we're going to see Tom Brady in uniform is going to be week one. Um, how, how much effect do you think no preseason, preseason games is going to have on the NFL as a whole? It, it'll have an effect, a bigger effect, I believe, on a lot of teams of like a lot of rook that are starting a lot of rookies, rookie quarterbacks or rookie head coaches. Again, these teams that have these coaches that have been there a while, I think they'll thrive the first few weeks at least, if not the whole season. Um, you know, Tom Brady and you know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. It, it might take them a couple weeks to get their timing down, but I think after week four or five, they're going to be they're going to be off and running. Yeah, do you think? Just the overall football might be a little sloppy the first few weeks just because of all that lack of practice and anything? Or do you think they're going to get enough of it in practice that will be okay? I, th I think some teams will be. I mean, the New York Giants, uh, their new coach, Joe Judds, uh, he's been doing a lot of hitting in practice, it sounds like, compared to other teams. Yeah. Uh, and he's bringing that uh, Patriot kind of way to New York. So they, they play Pittsburgh week one. Pittsburgh's going to have one of the best, if not the best defense in the league this year. And we'll find out pretty early if 
you know, a team like the New York Giants is ready to go. Second-year quarterback, third-year star running back, and a, and a first-year head coach. That's a, That'll be an interesting matchup that I'm looking forward to. And then we got the Rams. Um, their over-under is eight. I like the under there. I think they've had some bad contracts lately. I'm not a huge believer in Jared Goff. I don't think he's necessarily terrible by any means. I mean, you got the team in the Super Bowl. I just think they're set for – they're due for a setback this year, I think. So I would bet the under on eight. I see them about seven to nine. Uh, a team with a lot of talent is the Chargers, seven and a half. I like the under on that one. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to start the season. He's one of the better backups in the league, but obviously not a very good starter. He takes care of the football, but he's not going to make a lot of plays. And it just seems like the Chargers every year have more injuries to big names than probably any other franchise for the last probably almost 20 years. So I like the under there on that one. Uh, the Jets over under is seven. I like the under there as well. Adam Gase is on the hot seat. There's been a lot of drama trading Jamal Adams. Um, so I, I would take the under there. And then the Bengals, five and a half. I like Joe Burrow, but again, it's it's a short offseason. It's a weird one. Depends if that offensive line, if they can even have a decent one, protect him. And they're in a really tough division. So I would take the under on the Bengals at five. Do you, do you think he makes it, or do you think he was a one-year wonder uh, at LSU? I think he makes it. It's just too bad he's on the Bengals. Yeah. Because that's a pretty bad organization. Um, he's going to have a lot to overcome there. You know, Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton were pretty good quarterbacks. And Carson Palmer spoke out over the years about how, how bad it was there and how tough it was compared to a place like the Arizona Cardinals where he found out just how how much better the Cardinals were run than the, than the Bengals. And the Cardinals so I, I, haven't I, won either, so it's not like, you know, it's not like the Cardinals are out there winning a lot, but just mm -hmm. like you said, it's, it's how just the organization has ran. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like the Cardinals are way better than the Bengals by any means. I mean, they did make a Super Bowl with Kurt Warner, but then since then they've had a lot of up and down years. But I, I like Joe Burrow. But I would say I, I'd probably take the under uh, five and a half. The Redskins or uh, the Washington football team, I should say, excuse me, their over-under is five. I'm almost tempted to take the over because they're in a weird division and they're going to have a really good defensive line, really good pass rush. They got Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, who are two first-round picks over the last couple of years, and then they got Chase Young. And if those guys, if Chase Young hits and those guys take another step, they could have one of the best defensive lines in football, period. But with all the drama they've had, um, and I'm not a big believer in Dwayne Haskins, I'd probably take the under on them. And I'm, that, I guess that's one I'd probably stay away from, but it's an interesting one for sure. The Steelers at nine and a half. If I had to bet, I'd probably go the over. They're getting Big Ben back. I think they went seven and nine last year, eight and eight. One of the best defenses, and they had really bad quarterback play. If Big Ben is even, you know, seventy-five percent of himself, I see that as being a big upgrade for the for the Steelers. 
you know, there's been a lot of drama with him outside of football. With like his wife was talking how tough it's been on their marriage and everything, and with him not playing last year, and then the, with the quarantine and COVID and stuff. So you wonder if he just wants to get out and play and, and let all that stuff go. Yeah, he had that injury last year, and then uh, I mean, the Steelers are a great organization with uh, Mike Tomlin, Big Ben. You're always going to expect them to be around eight or nine wins, if not more. You know, anything less than that's a real disappointment. So I, I do like the over on the nine and a half. Uh, again, they're, they're probably going to have one of the better defenses in the league, if not the best. And Big Ben's, you know, if you get a C plus or B, B minus Big Ben, uh, that's going to be better than what they had last year by far. Denver is set at eight. Uh, living here in Colorado, it's tempting to take the over. They've added a lot of talent to the team in free agency trades and in the draft. Uh, but with it being a weird offseason, you know, those rookie receivers, will they have enough time to make an impact early on in the season? You know, I'm sure by later in the season they will. I guess that's one I probably would stay away from. And the most interesting one is a Cowboys over under. It's 10. I usually always take the Cowboys under just because they have one of the biggest fan bases, if not the biggest, and fans usually bet the over. But there's something about this Cowboys team. You bring in Mike McCarthy. Dak had a really good year last year. He's definitely not on Mahomes type level or Deshaun Watson or any of those guys, but he seems like a good leader, and I'm, I'm almost tempted to take the over on the Cowboys at 10 which I never thought I would say that, but uh, this is one of those times that just seen that division's basically down to them and the Eagles. And we've seen the Eagles. Carson Wentz gets hurt a lot. And, you know, if he was to go down for a few weeks, um, you know, the Cowboys could, could take away with that division. So that, that's an interesting one to me. That's one I can't fight on, but I might, I might throw a little money on the over on – 10 wins for the Cowboys. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write you down as the over, so then we look back at okay, it. Okay, that'll work. So I'll probably end up doing it just because I'm talking myself into it. <laughs> Usually I would take the under on the Cowboys, but this is one year that for some reason I just, I don't know. Yes. All right, any other teams for your over-unders that tickle your fancy or anything? No, I, I think that was it. I mean, we talked about the NFC North, the local teams, and then just some that I thought were interesting. Uh, I know you said you and Zach Trimmer were talking. Is there any teams that you've that you're liking this year, maybe as sleepers or? No, like you know, I'm I've been way more paying attention uh, to the high school game with with doing the radio and stuff now. And then, you know, obviously I'm a, a college football fan and a lot of drama here this week uh, with Iowa State. You know, on Monday or Tuesday they said they were going to have 25,000 fans, and they caught all kinds of flack from everybody. Um, and then the next day they reversed their, uh, and now they're not going to have any, I don't know what's right or wrong, um, but it was kind of bad timing. I wish they would have waited a week to say that because they don't play until the 12th. So they could have waited another week to announce how many fans. Um, it happened to come out kind of the same day that Ames and Story County was like the highest county in the country uh, for positivity rate. Right. And so it was just it was really bad timing and really bad optics. And I don't think they really had a choice. And, and then the president stepped in and, and stopped it. 
another thing, I think they got a little aggressive with their 25,000. You know, they should have probably went like 25% or maybe just said 10 or 15,000. Yeah. Um, but 25,000 is about 40%. It's a 61,000 seat stadium. So I, I just think they got a little bit too aggressive. Um, and then, you know, it just was horrible optics at that time. And so they reversed course. Uh, I understand it. I'm disappointed. Um, it just looks bad, but I, I do understand it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there was definitely going to be a team, whether it was college or NFL, that was going to push the limit on capacity or fans allowed. Um, but, hey, at least you're playing football. So you yeah. got that going. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my saying of the fall is going to be, you know, at least you're trying, you know, you know, try to fail. You know, if, if you fail, if you try and fail, it's better than fail to try like the Big Ten. Yeah, I agree. The Big Ten got a little, a uh, little bit of a rush, I think, and now they're regretting it. Yeah, now yes, uh, the now they're gonna try. To, now they got people planting. You know, people. I mean, they got all the way to Dan Patrick planting stuff that I don't think had any credibility, and and they're you know I don't I just don't see how they play any time before Thanksgiving, and I really don't think they'll play until January. Yeah, probably not, and that's going to be a weird season anyway, starting football, for example, say in January in the Big Ten, where I believe I believe every stadium is an outdoor stadium, correct, in the Big Ten? Yes, but – Yeah, because Minnesota has their own, but that's – Right. But you can play in Detroit. You can play in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, you can move the locations if you have right. to. And, then, you know, they even, even talked – now, I don't have the – if they don't allow fans, why not play in the Unidome? You know, have just have Iowa home games at the Uni Dome. You know, yeah, that's not that far for them. And uh, nope. yeah, if you're not having any fans, and then who cares? That's right. uh, it's an indoor stadium. It's uh, the, the same length of field. Uh, there's no reason that they couldn't play there if they had to. So yeah, I mean, a, a season in January could work. You'd have to get all the stadiums and locations figured out. And of course, there's going to be a lot of college players that'll sit out. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's, that's going to be interesting. Out. Just who who sits out and. You know, and just if they're how many games are they going to play, and do they have a Big Ten championship game, and you right. know, Pac-12 plays, do they go play the Rose Bowl in April 10th or something like that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> or do you have two Rose Bowls? We have a Rose Bowl for the uh, the three conferences going right now, and then another one for the the later season. Uh, who knows? <laughs> it's the only thing we know for sure is something's going to change next week. Yeah. Yeah, the, the one thing we do know is it's constantly changing. So we'll, we'll have a different report every day, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Trevor. I think we'll kind of wrap it up here. You have any just final words? Any over? I, mean, I guess I know we do want to uh, get your uh, Super Bowl picks. Oh yeah. Um, I was kind of sitting here thinking it, it's a tough one. I'm I'm high on the buck, so. I kind of wrote down my final four teams, okay. uh, at least as of right now today. For the NFC Championship, I got the Bucks versus Seahawks. I can't decide who gets the uh, who gets the home game there, but uh, I'm narrowing it down to those two teams in the NFC at least. Okay. And then the AFC, I got the Chiefs versus the Ravens. And then for the Super Bowl, I got uh, Buccaneers versus Chiefs. The Bucks will be the first team ever to – play a Super Bowl 
in their home stadium. It's in Tampa this year. So. Yep, and then I can't decide who's going to win that game. But I would say the Chiefs if I had to bet on it. So you're picking back-to-back? Back-to-back for the Chiefs. And Tom Brady loses another Super Bowl. He loses another, which, you know, might take him out of the Hall of Fame discussion, of course. Well, yeah, take him out. <laughs> Will that be ten Super Bowls for him then? I believe so. That would, what, make him six and four if he was to make it and lose? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as of right now, I guess that's my prediction. We'll, we'll see what happens with injuries. and. I wrote it down, so it's locked in stone. Locked in. Well, let's, let's talk uh, week eight or nine, and then we'll, uh, we'll update it. <laughs> If there is a week eight or nine. We'll, yeah, we'll see so, all right. Uh, maybe we can try to do this about once a week and just kind of review the week or ever in the NFL. And we'll try to do that this season. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, Trevor. All right. Have a good one, Morgan. Yep. Thank you for listening to Morgan Yaspor podcast. If you liked what you heard, please click the like button. And if you want to hear more from the podcast, please subscribe to the Morgan Yaspor podcast wherever you get your podcasts.